to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America and English. Your hosts for today are Ivan Pineda, Cristian Rosendo, Alexis Juarez, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Now let's hit the field and start the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Uh, today, plenty of stuff to talk about. Of course, we got that terrible 1-0 loss against Monterrey to recap. We have transfer news and whether or not there's a certain Rojas coming to America. Christian will have more information on that. And then, of course, we're going to be previewing everything coming up against Juarez at home for Saturday's matchup. But before I get any further into this episode, let me introduce my co-host today, None other than Brooklyn's very own AJ and New York's favorite resident, Christian Rosendo. Gentlemen, how are we this fine evening? Um, doing pretty good. Had a busy day today. Had to write some articles regarding um the New York Red Bulls and the MX Fanny, but all in all, I'm doing pretty good. All right, busy men. I like it. Staying busy. Christian. I just lost hundred dollars today in parlay, so I'm not doing too well. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I, I saw you because I was watching. Uh, obviously, if you guys don't know, I'm a Lakers fan, but uh, I was watching the Lakers game last night. And of course, like any true Lakers fan, very disappointed at the end result. Listen, and, hold on, hold on. For everyone freaking watching right now, dude, I had the Lakers at minus five of 19. I was like, okay, you know what? This game should cover. You know, I think I'm good. You know, I'll win some money tonight. And the next thing I know, they're, 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 you know, they're up 10. That's all right. You know, up seven, up six, you know, up four. Okay, I'm getting a little worried now. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the score flips on his head. And yeah, well, and I lost. There you go. Well, Christian's not having the best of parlays this year. Of course, whenever is, whenever is he. But uh, don't worry, man. I'm pretty sure the next one's going to hit. I'm sorry that no. I could let you down. We'll but uh, hey. If America let you down, then you should have known already that the Lakers would have as well. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> uh, we're not here to discuss Lakers. That's our other podcast. Join us on Wednesday nights for when we talk all things Lakers here on the EY podcast. But uh, we're here to discuss uh, Las Aguilas de la América. And of course, that uh, that terrible, terrible defeat against Monterrey and um, the lacklustrous of a game that it really was. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Christian, I know you have a little bit more of transfer news and updates going on in and around the world of America. Ibarwin may be gone. Maybe, potentially. Well, you'll tell us more about that later. And uh, some FC Juarez stuff as well. But before we do start the show, um, I do want to start with a little bit of a heavy heart. Um, One of our longtime listeners and uh, longtime viewers uh, Mr. Chris Rivera, uh, as unfortunately his grandfather has passed away and uh, our deepest consolences are with him and his family at the moment. We know that it's a, a hard time for him. It's a hard time for a lot of us right now. Uh, and we just wanted to extend that, uh, you know, that comfort to him and his family because we know that he watches us and everything. And brother, we're with you. And if we can help in any way, please let us know. Um, and also with even more of a burdening, sad news, um, the, the club has lost quite a legend. Uh, Sage's uh, dad, mm-hmm. Mr. Papa Sage, has unfortunately passed away as well. Uh, today, He um, it was announced via Sage that he had passed away as well. Had a tremendous career in Las Aguilas de la América. Um, and whilst maybe me, uh, me, you, and whoever's listening to this right now maybe don't really uh, remember him or really would rate him as a legend because we didn't see him. Um, the stats show for it. The the history of the club definitely shows for it. Um, and he definitely will be missed. But okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, sorry to start on a little bit of a, of a Debbie Downer, but we'll gradually work our way up. Um, let's talk America versus Monterrey. If we want to talk more downers here. 
Uh-huh. This wasn't the game that we definitely expected by any means necessary. This was a matchup where we went a little bit more excited of two potential giants going at it and going, you know, trading blows for blow. And we really just got a very stalemate match in the midfield and a Monterrey side that definitely held the ball more. But I think it was because America wanted them to hold the ball more. Christian, we went from going from a 4-3-3 against Atlético San Luis, where we just saw wingers be as pacey and as attacking as possible, to then going back and falling into the 4-4-2 and nothing really actually panning out for us. What, what was the most frustrating thing about this loss against Monterrey? Um, there was a couple of things, and um, you know, I'll just start off saying that uh, I think Solari got this game wrong. Um, I think that he respected Monterrey way too much. Um, you know, there was moments in the game where I felt like he should have been a little bit more aggressive. And to be honest, uh, his his way of attacking didn't really, you know, really hurt Monterrey. It did. It didn't have him flustered. Didn't have him confused. It was actually quite easy to to defend it. Um, they, you know, they when 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 they went on the when they were defending, they brought they brought almost ten people back behind the ball. And what America tried to do is get Cordova and Leo to kind of pinch into the middle and kind of let Fuentes and and uh, and Sanchez go go up. Unfortunately, though, when they did that, um, you know, they they couldn't find any any exit uh, through Fuentes and Sanchez because Monterrey kind of already knew that that was their plan since Cordova and Suarez were pinching in so much. Suarez, when he pinches in like that, kind of in the midfield area, doesn't really do much either way. Um, so it, it was easy to contain him, just kind of just have a player on the on the uh, near the touchline, so so Sanchez can't go up, um, and it really just you know stops the attack there. Um, and you know just. Doing seeing that a lot for the, throughout the game kind of made me wonder, you know, why didn't he go back to the four three three? Um, I felt I felt like we have a little bit more, I guess, idea of how to play that. Um, I don't know. It, it also seemed like they weren't the right players at the right time uh, for this game. Uh, you know, I I don't think the subs he got it right as well. Um, and you know, there's just a lot of players right now who who are not in good form that need to be in form. Uh, Cordova, Henry, Vinas, to name a few. And, you know, these players need to start performing because Solari can't implement his ideas if his top players aren't performing. No, yeah, I completely agree with you. AJ, just kind of maybe reminiscing of what Christian just mentioned right now. Anything to add on top of that? Oh, not really. It's disappointing. Really lackluster from this America side. Really boring game in all honesty, in my opinion. The only exciting thing was just that penalty even. But even that, that's a whole nother thing to talk about later, but just everyone just underperformed, really. The, the standout player to be would be Santiago Naveda. He was, I'd say, he was the best player on that entire pitch. Everyone else, non-existent. He was just ghosts on the field. I, I agree with you, and I agree with you. And, and let's talk a little bit more about the game as a whole and 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 the team in general, because I think there's some very key elements to point out. Um, you say something about that. I know that another person that had a really good game was George Sanchez. We'll talk maybe a little bit more about their good performances and maybe talk a little bit about the players that didn't have a good game. And you thought with this formation and the way that you were explaining the tactics, Christian, would have an impact on this game, but unfortunately did not. Jose Sepulveda saying, let's face it, half of the team sucks. Um, I think that's up to that that's up to everyone to decide whether or not that that is actual factual or not but I I would say this at least have more than half of the team underperformed in this match which I think was uh was was the most worrisome worrisome thing about this. Look, we know that Monterrey is not a place we want to go to. It's definitely I don't know if it's hexed if, if as soon as we enter the building something terribly goes wrong always. 
There's two things that uh, are, are guaranteed when you go into that stadium. You're going to get a penalty that maybe shouldn't have been a penalty, and you're going to get a red card that probably should have never been a red card. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we got both, as always. <laughs> so we ended up going going home with, uh, with the usual. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about it is that mm-hmm. we, we, we can't seem to wipe the ghost of, of, of games past when it comes to these Monterrey sides. It's not to say that we were robbed in any way because I don't think America deserved the victory. I don't think any of us can sit here and say that we deserved all three points. Maybe a draw would have been fair enough, but still, that's a stretch. I feel like Monterrey were the better side. I don't know if you guys can agree to that. I felt they had better ball movement. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say if you know they were that much of a better side. Um uh, I do think Monterrey as well respected America too much as well. There were there were moments in time where their game felt all, very stale, and in that point, I think America should have been a little bit more aggressive with their with their attack. Unfortunately, though, they just didn't pull the trigger, and then I don't know. I just Monterrey just kind of had their way a little bit. Um, but if you want to say, I think it was like fifty five forty five Monterrey. Yeah, I, th- I think they nearly they nearly edged us because, like you mentioned, Christian, they did have they did look the more better side, uh, comfortable with the ball, right? I think you and I were having the discussion throughout halftime is that the players looked very much timid. They looked very scared to make passes at time. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that was very much frustrating frustrating my dad the whole game because he would not stop telling me about it uh, was the fact that whenever they received the ball there was always an inward movement there was never so much an outward exactly. towards mm-hmm. towards the goal it was always all right let's kind of go and push back a little yeah. bit let's play it on the safe side and yeah. I think that was the most frustrating thing about it because we 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 were used to seeing that in the piojo right it was always if you didn't have clear space it was always pass the ball back reset try to find an open open space after that. And with Solari against Atlético San Luis, it was like, okay, you received the ball, you took players on, you were very much head first, um, and, and you had a direction towards goal. This mm-hmm. was very much, instead of taking one step forward, I think we took two steps back in this match. No, definitely. Um, and also, the yeah. problem with that, also, sorry to cut you off there, the problem also is when you have kind of Leo Suarez and Cordova trying to initiate plays like that, you know, it's not going to work most of the time. There aren't players. Those two aren't the players to be initiating an attack like that. You need someone like like Benedetti or Richard Sanchez to be the ones to initiate that. And when Leo, when Leo Suarez has the ball on the wing and you make him go inward into a confined space, he's not going to do much because he doesn't really have that ability. He likes the more open space, trying to dribble one, outpace someone. That's his style. You know, the one-on-ones. He can't go inward and try to place a nice pass to someone because that's not what he does and you limit him you limit Cordova and it's just the same thing over and over again so if you want to play that that's fine but have the players in there to kind of you know help you out with that idea and you have players on the bench to do it you had a Gio you had a Benedetti to do it it's just you know you you know you you just didn't have the right players on the pitch to kind of execute yeah, I think he opted off for the wrong formation. And look, I think this is an interesting thing that Chris puts up. He's like, honestly, I feel like Adame influenced the lineup. I don't think Solari knows the league well enough to respect someone like Monterrey. So maybe he has a point right there because I mean, this was very much a question that we all had. And I think, Christian, I mentioned to you, I was like, well, I thought we were going with this 4 4 3. We're just going to kind of keep rolling with it. And obviously, you know, under a new manager and a new play style system, you would imagine that. Okay, we have a consistent formation, maybe not a lineup, but a, a consistent formation that the players can get used to and mm-hmm. adapt to. Um, I feel like also, I think, um, I, I think that Pedro Aquino was kind of penciled in for this game. And, you know, when he went down, I think also Solari kind of just took a step back and said, okay, listen, you know what? We're going to put in Naveda, but, you know, he also needs a little bit of support, which is why I also think Richard had a little bit of an off game as well, because I think he was 
his his job was kind of to help Navid out a little bit, not really go mm-hmm. up too much. So mm-hmm. I think also that that's what happened as well. Yeah, I and think that, for the four yeah. four two instead of the four three three. Yeah, I think if Pedro Kino plays, we see the four three three. Yeah. Um, because it it just made no sense to kind of just completely mm-hmm. erase what you did in the first game, which everyone was talking very highly of you. It's not just us that were speaking very well of it. I mean, there was, you know, people in the media, people like in, uh, you know, ESPN, Tudana, they were talking greatly about how America played in um in, in the first game against San Luis and how much more of a direct football it was in comparison to Pio Herrera. You kind of take two steps back, being like, okay, we're going to play 4-4-2, play a little bit more conservative. Um, but I get it. You're right, Christian. At the same time, you also have to take to consideration that you're having a very young, inexperienced player going up against probably, you know, one of the title contenders for this year. So, of course, maybe you have to maybe play it uh, to some extent a little bit safe. Um, Let's just read a bit more about the comments to see. Um, Sure. He's like... "Uh, Ramona Costa saying, I'm worried about Vinyas. He seems off. And I think that's something Ainge has mentioned from mm-hmm. time to time. And we'll get to that a little bit later because I do want to talk about Vinyas and Henry up top, which I think um, just did not do anything for my liking whatsoever. Uh, look, Cordoba is so inconsistent, it's uh, exasperating. And I think that's the correct word to use at this point. Uh, Ramona Costa, again, saying that. Jose Sepulveda saying, Se le acabó el polvoro al Vinyas. Maybe he wasn't as good as everyone thought, question mark. I, mean, I think he is. I think he is. Um, and he could be better. But he could be better. You know, there was a rumor going around. I don't know how how hundred percent this is true. I mean, we could talk about it. I think AJ. I think AJ would have a little bit more, uh, more, more, uh, more to say about this. Suppose the rumor was when Vinyas got COVID. Supposing he didn't recover at hundred percent, he's still feeling effects from, uh, fr- from the virus. Now, you know, I wouldn't really know how how much um it could affect him, and I know it affects people long term. So I don't know if this is. You know what Venus is going through, um, but it was a rumor that I saw, and it seemed that it was backed by a reliable reporter as well. Um, but if that's the case, then um, where do you go from here, Doctor AJ? Give us your uh, professional <laughs> medical uh, inquiry on this. It's just we just have to just give the all time for them to just get themselves accustomed. But at the same time, this is COVID. It's gonna affect the lungs. You're no longer gonna feel the same way as you were pre-COVID. So in this case, you may not have the stand that you used to have. The strength, some of that strength could just be zapped off completely. You see from time to time again, in games, we sub Vinyas off where he doesn't even last a full 90 minutes or if anything. He just starts on the bench. It's one of those things, it's like, it zaps out some of the athleticism for you. Yes, you could come back. Would you be the same? Probably not. And as we're learning more about COVID, we just learn about new things every single day. For athletes like this, it's really tough on them to the point where they cannot handle the full 90 minutes anymore where Vinny just has to get subbed off. And that's kind of scary, which I could see to maybe why these past couple of games, he is not 100%. Sure, the could come in play, but you could think of that thing too. When he got COVID, is that a possible reason to why he lost some of that explosive that we saw in November? He has not scored since October. He's going through a drought right now, which is a scary thing to also just hear about as well. Maybe something just, you know, give me the break, even though we're just starting the season out, but at the same time, run some tests on and check to see, like, how is uh, his respiration rate is going, like, what's going on? Like, is he able to output a lot of options to be able to do things he needs to do out on the pitch? But that's right. one that's one thing for the fitness team for them to figure out, see what's mm-hmm. wrong with Venus. If, you know, COVID really did impact them, you could always run tests to see how these, how these um, players are. 
No, definitely. And let's just say they run those tests, and then let's just run that, or just, just kill it right here that COVID isn't the reason. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he everything's fine. He's a hundred percent. Even before he had COVID, he was still in a little bit of an off form. And we all said, you know what? Just take some time. You know, every striker goes through a drought. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not something that's you know abnormal. It's not something that's you know we need to worry about. So. If he was in uh, in a drought pre-COVID, he got COVID, whatever, he's 100% still, and he's still having this drought, what's the matter with him? Is it just he needs to just get a goal and then he'll go back to, you know, his normal self? Or is it just, you know, we're not playing for him or, you know, maybe the tactics aren't really favoring him? I, I think maybe you hit it on the head right there, Christian. I really want to call it a sophomore slump, really, at this okay. point. I think that he's just... He hit the ground off running so well, and it, at that level, especially at America, it's 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 so hard to be that consistent, mm-hmm. and and we know that it is because how many how many players can we name off the top? Can I if I tell you name me ten strikers that you've seen play in America that have been consistent throughout their time at America? Mm-hmm. It, I, I promise you, it's hard to fill those five, let alone all those ten. So I feel like with Vinas, it's it's he's still young. He still has so much more room no, to grow. And I, I don't think he's ever had that this kind of expectation of I have to be week, week in and week out. Also, I don't think he's also ever dealt with, man, I'm playing an X amount of games without really much of a rest period. Because if I'm not playing for my club, I'm playing for my youth national team. If I'm not playing for my youth national team, I'm back with my club. So I think it's it, it's a constant kind of having to go at it, having to go at it, having to go at it, not having a real proper break. Mm-hmm. That I think maybe is uh, exhausting him a little bit. I do think that sometimes the tactics don't really favor him as well. Um, again, look, I'm not trying to put up excuses for Vinas because I know some people will say, well, I mean, you don't put these excuses for Cordova either. Which I get it. I get it. But they're not really much excuses as much as what I'm trying to see here. But I do think that uh, Vinas definitely has to have a much more bigger impact because he's he's shown us what he's capable of doing. But at the same time, Consistency is the key to anything in life, not just not, not just the sport, but just anything. So, so we're not I, hitting the panic the panic button just yet. No, no, I don't think so. I, I think okay. I think it's too early in, in Solari's era. Mm-hmm. I think we really have to give it halfway through the season to see. Okay, we know what players are for Solari and what players aren't. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. So, uh, but it's a really good, really good comment because Vinas did not have a really good game. Let's talk about other players that maybe didn't have a good game because I think the game overall as a whole uh, really did, really was hinging on some players coming up pretty big for us. Uh, the defense, we knew that the defense had to be as tight and as rock solid as possible. Uh, and two of the center backs that we had on the night, which was Ramon Juarez and um, uh, Sebastian uh, Cáceres. Mm-hmm. Did uh, did not look as solid as we expected them to. Ramon Juarez almost looked like he was going to get chewed alive. No, I know. Um, Aiden is your boy. Uh, you know, it was a very tall task of him to to you know to kind of encounter. Um, and honestly, I, I don't think he he was he, he was up for it. Um, you know, there were a lot of people on Twitter trying trying to defend him and stuff like that. You know, you know, for the penalty or whatever. Um, I'm not going to say it was entirely his fault. Um, but just penalty aside though, throughout the whole game, he was getting out positioned. He was getting, he was getting beat on runs. He was making a uh, missed time tackles. His passing wasn't, wasn't, um, wasn't, uh, wasn't clear cut. Um, I think the nerves got to him. I, I, I didn't think he was ready for that match. And AJ, this is your boy, man. So <laughs> talk to me more about him. What happened? My man, he, he wasn't no Paolo Maldini that night. He was just Ramon Juarez. It's tough. It's a tough task, especially when you're playing against 
a team that's in contention for being um winners in this in this um league. So it's a big task you gotta live up to, especially when you're starting more now um frequently when you're not having Emma Aguilera there taking your spot. You gotta do a lot to fill in to um to do what you gotta do in that spot. It's essentially it, it's just testing him to see, okay, let's see what he can do in this game. Is he the defender that Sora is like, this is what I want and my defense can use? Mm-hmm. It's only a second game, it's only the second game of the season. He's starting, but it was he was like you say, he was getting chewed out alive, especially with that um offense that month they have. It's really scary for any kind no, of defense definitely. to face mm-hmm. against. Like not even just mentioning like just squads like Fuentes, Gustas, and Corey Sanchez. They were having a tough, they were just having an overall really tough time, but I'm wise. It's difficult. At the same time, we're implementing Canteranos from Fuerza Básicas into this team. We're trying to get more of our youngsters in here. I can understand where the complaint's coming from, but at the same time, it's like we're going to try to use youngsters that we see that have potential into the squad that could break into the first team. That's what you're going to expect from them. They're not going to be some player that's amazing from Básicas and they could just replicate that from the first team. Because remember, you're playing against various age groups that can have a factor. When you're playing in Fuerza Básicas, you're kind of playing players in the same in the same age around around you, pretty much. So you know how it's like when you're playing against like veterans who have been playing the game way longer than you have, you're gonna learn a thing or two. And I feel like for Almaris, this is a learning lesson for him. He needs to take notes down, watch replays of the match and see where he did wrong. But this was a game that he would like to forget, but at the same time take this in as a learning experience. No, definitely. And I also think Salari kind of sent sent a message when he brought in Aguilera for Ramon Juarez as well. Yeah. Oh, but, but look, I'm not. I'm not to say that we don't. We, we shouldn't criticize this young guy because we should. Because I think you know, the criticism eventually will evolve him into a better defender. Mm-hmm. But there's promising stuff. I I think I like the fact that he he doesn't shy away from a challenge. No, um, no definitely. And and he's willing to go toe to toe. I mean, you 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 saw him trying to bully uh, Funes Mori around, and not every young center back is willing to go toe to toe with that man and say, you know what, I'm gonna bully you throughout the whole ninety minutes. Um, and I think that's that's noteworthy. Of course, he still has so much more to develop, and if we continuously give him playing time, I can see him being the center back with uh, with Bruno Valdez. Could be. Um, you know, I just think Gasset needs to needs to just. Keep on going. Keep on, um, you know, keep on doing his thing. Because for right now, for me, it's still up in the air who is going to be Bruno's partner when 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 he comes back. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Aguilera right now will try to will try to make his case after after his injury, and we'll see what happens there. Um, for those who don't know, Aguilera actually renewed a contract for one more year with us, so we have him until the end of this year, uh, end of December. So he has that much time to kind of to kind of prove to America that he deserves more time here, and in this, you know. Short two month stint right now with um with uh with Sebastian Cáceres uh you know I think they're gonna do it out to see who's gonna be Bruno's partner so it's gonna be interesting and hopefully you know this kind of just gives us better defense overall since it's gonna be an, an internal competition between between the three um that being said though we still don't have an answer for our left back and Luis Fuentes I think also well I think he didn't have the worst game. There were just moments in this game where it could have cost us a lot, and I think his his uh, his ability to go up is not being shown. And you know, we need someone that can do both ways with uh, um under Solari. You know what you you mentioned that when we first started previewing the season for America, you you mentioned that Solari likes to push his fullbacks high, right? 
And I don't think Fuentes has the tracking capability to do to push high and then clear. drop back fast enough. Um, so yeah, you're right. We need we we need a left back ASAP. Mm-hmm. And the transfer window isn't closed. And could we potentially see a left back come in? Of course. I mean, anything's possible in this world. But uh, I, I don't think we'll get a left back until summer. And that might be our weak link throughout the whole season. And that worries me. No, it could be. Um, you know, but like you said, though, the window's not over yet. We still got to see a couple of moves kind of pan out, hopefully, in the next couple of actual days. Um, and then, you know, we can go from there. But uh, but definitely, though, there's just um, so a lot of things right now that's, that's not good with the squad. That hopefully within, you know, with time, it'll it'll get better. Um, another part I think that we need to mention, um, Cowboys area player, Henry Martin. Um I don't know. I just think he, he he wasn't really you know that good this game. Um, there were just moments in this he game was where mobile. He, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yes, I understand that, and you know that's good in a player. You know that's good for a player to do. But when you're misplacing passes and and you're not making runs and you're not opening up for other people, um, sometimes you're 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 not being a help right now. And um, I don't know. This, this is something that's got to change for me because. I think for me, Henry should be the should be the leader of this team, one of them at least, um, and uh, on the offense. And right now, he's not really acting like one. You know, this is a big year for Henry, and I say that because uh, Gold Cup is coming up, and the potential to go and be that striker for uh, for the Mexican national team in the Olympics mm-hmm. is right up in the air as well. So this is a huge year for Henry to try to prove himself for Tata Martino. And so I, I'm with you there, Christian. I, I, I do see that it hasn't been a good opening for Henry, right? We know that he, Henry can be streaky. If he can bag himself a goal or two, then we know that that confidence is going to drive him to keep going, keep pushing. And, you know, the sky's the limit for Henry at that point. No, definitely. But you're right. I, I don't know. He, he he hasn't really taken up that role. And I don't know if there's a sense of urgency within him to try to um, kind of reach those levels. It's interesting. It, it really is. But you're right, Christian. It was frustrating. It was, this game was just frustrating overall to no, see no, America play the way that they did. I'm not to say that anyone really escapes this. Maybe, you know, like we mentioned, George or, or Santi. But um, let's talk about it. I think Jorge Sanchez had one of his best games in recent times. I think he, uh, was, he, he was very precise on his tacking. His passing was pretty was pretty well. I think he pushed up at the correct moments. Um, and his overall his defending, I think he he defended well. Definitely, AJ. It seems like George was playing like if he was having like a European team looking at him, huh? <laughs> like like if a certain Real Betis was keeping an eye on him. Yeah, no, it's really exciting to see, and it's. Crazy enough to see that Jorge Sanchez is having one of the best games of his life against a team that essentially kind of tainted his career and what would haunt him for a long time. It might still now, but he's trying to leave that in the past, which is really good just to see from Jorge Sanchez. Like Christian saying, he was really going on attack, passing. Eric, he was going all out on that game, trying his very best to get himself involved into the attacks. And when it came to defending, he was key. He got yelled card, but that's what it is in defending at times. You're going to have to take the yellow card and proceed about with your date in defending, but just no. Played really well. Like, along with Sandy Navera, he's probably one of the be- he was one of the best players on that page. Yeah, he really was. Um, really like George. And I know we were very heavy critical of him uh, these past couple of games with America. But you're, you're, you're right, AJ. It looks like he's trying to leave the ghost of, of, of that final pass against Monterrey in the past. Trying to rise up like a phoenix from the ashes, and uh, let's hope so. Let's, you know, if we can get the best out of George, 
then I think slowly but surely we'll start seeing the best out of everyone else. Um, but yeah, good to see George. Um, Santi, let's talk about him a little bit because I know some people were asking as to whether or not we thought he had a good game. Um, I, I quite liked him. I liked him too. I think um, he was, um, you know, he, he he played with a lot of passion, a lot of grit, um, which is something in that a player in his position needs to do. Um, and just, you know, his game sense is, 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 uh, is pretty, it's pretty remarkable actually for his age. Um, just, just knowing when the right time to tackle, when the right time to step in, uh, in most cases was actually pretty well to me. Um, and it looked good. So I, I like that, that, that he feels that he's in a competition with, with Pedro Kino, uh, for that, for that spot, because he truly feels that he can be a starter on this team. And that's what you want to see in a youngster, obviously, you know, everyone knows that Pedro Kino will most likely be the starter. Um, at that position, but it's good to see that a kid like him is not backing down from the challenge and just proving to Solari and to us that he is a player. He's a serious player, and when when needed, you know he will show up and um and answer the call. Yeah, he definitely was playing uh, uh you know with the courage and determination of a player that just got his head shaved. Um, so mm-hmm. I no, he definitely he definitely looked very promising. The key thing is um for him to consistently show that showcase that. And not, the, the hardest thing about this is like you mentioned, uh Christian, I don't think that he's necessarily gonna be getting much minutes this season. Um, you know, can there be a moment where we see a Pedro Quino and a Santi Naveda? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, by no means necessary, but I just I I don't feel like that's really going to be the case. So you know he's going to have to be patient. He will get more minutes. He will get more time. Look, there's abundance of games coming up for America this year. Whilst it doesn't look like that because of the whole COVID situation, but I mean, I, you have to look kind of a little bit on the horizon, knowing that there's going to be Conca Champions coming up as well. So there's going to be a competition. There's going to be plenty of game time to go around. And knowing how the league likes to squeeze games in so tight and, and give us such a quick turnaround, I'm sure that there'll be moments where he will get some minutes. Um, and if you can display that same type of, you know, kind of very good uh, center defensive mid qualities that he did against Monterrey, which is no easy team to do by any means. But uh, I-, I think we have someone good on our hands here. Definitely. So I'm excited to see his growth. Definitely. All righty, then let's not drag this game out any longer than it has to be. Um, let's let's just kind of give a, a quick little recap at the end of the day. Obviously, America ends up losing this 1-0. I mean, we can sit here and talk about an abundance of things that went wrong, like the Cordoba stuff situation, but I think everyone's already uh, over over that. Or, um, the referee that came out at, a couple days later saying, like, yeah, that wasn't really a penalty. Should have never been a penalty. But, I mean, we could sit here and argue all day as to what is, what's a penalty or not nowadays, you know? But um, just give me kind of your overall thoughts. And were you were, were you as frustrated as you actually thought you were? At the end of the day, because I'll tell you this much, whilst the result didn't go in the way that I wanted it to go, I wasn't really mad at the fact that, you know, we lost. It was more of a, man, I'm mad that we didn't play the system that we played in the first game, if that makes no, any definitely. sense. No, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there. And it, it just sucks because I really do think that with that, with that 4 3 we kind of probably did a little... A, a little a little better than, than what we showed. Um, so hopefully he, he goes back to that on, on Saturday night. Definitely. AJ? Yeah, no, just disappointing. Overall, like, am I really angry? Mm, not as much as I really thought was after the game. It's just, you know, unfortunate. A loss is a loss. We move on at this point. So Definitely. I want to address this comment real quickly before we jump on to the next segment. It is, I am uh, rich. I'm not going to say the last part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, y'all ain't talking enough about Benedetti. And That's you're right, we're boy. not. That's my boy. Because... 
uh, Christian, I think you can attest to this. He hasn't really had much more time for us to talk about him. He hasn't really had an impact. I mean, yes, he had the chance to win it for us. I mean, tie for us at the end. But um, I, I, I want to see him play more before we can actually make a fair assessment of him. Because I think this, the case with Benetti has always been we're rushing him into this. And I don't want to rush to get to him. I think he has to come at, at a good time, at a good place. And maybe against Juarez might be the day. Maybe. You never know. You never know. But all right, then, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on into our next segment. And before we get there, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you guys by Foot Cult. If you guys haven't done so already, make sure you guys go check Foot Cult out, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram. Now they have a Facebook as well. Or check their online store at uh, going over to footcult.com. You guys can get anything that you guys like over there. Go to checkout. Use the discount code EEP to get 10% off. Again, use the discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off. You guys can get some beautiful training kits like the one we have right now. And uh, some more amazing Eagle Eye podcast merchandise coming your guys' way. Huge, huge year for us over at Footcult. And we can't wait to show you guys what we have cooking with them. All righty then. Again, thank you to our sponsors for making this possible. Okay, gentlemen, before we talk about FC Juarez and the game at the Estadio Azteca for Saturday. Let's talk about transfers. Christian, am I in the right to think mm-hmm. that a certain Rojas is going to come to America from Racing? Or am I just blowing all smoke and I should just, as always, go back to crying because we're not going to get a winger? Right. Well, let's talk. So, we'll, we'll start with that because you, you obviously brought it up. Um, a rumor surged a couple of days ago that Rojas from Racing uh, will be coming to Club America. Um, after further looking into it, um, it doesn't seem possible. I think it's just a little bit of smoke only because uh, the rumor of Roger Martinez going to Racing uh, emerged as well. And while that one is real, it doesn't seem possible due to his wages. So they're trying to work around that. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to come to an agreement. The wages are way too much, and that league isn't as rich as people think it is. Um, so it's not because he still owes money. Exactly. Uh, so the both of those um, will we'll kind of you know leave at the at the at the ten percent mark um, that uh, of happening. So uh, don't get your hopes up of Roger leaving, and don't get your hopes up on Rojas coming. The one that I do want to talk about of great interest because this one I think I bumped up to uh, probably a little sixty percent is Ibarguen going to the MLS? What team? Mm-hmm. A team that I think we're from, very familiar with that once took another Colombian from us in um, Darwin Quintero, Minnesota United um, seems to be knocking on the door for Ibarguen. Once again, though, the problem here is are his wages. Um, even as a, a rich league like that, like the MLS, it seems that you know Ibarguen's uh, wages are a little bit too high for you know for the for quality of his player. Uh, so they're trying to work around that. Ibarguen doesn't want to go if he doesn't get the wages that he wants and with his right because he still has more time on his contract with America. So, um, you know, it's just. You know, it, it could work either or for him. Um, America wants to get rid of him because, you know, they don't want to lose him on the free uh, very soon. So if they can get, you know, even if they do sell him and it's at a loss, at least they get something back. So that's the way they're looking at it. But it seems like things are moving along slowly, very slowly. Um, but if anyone were to leave America, it would be Barguin first on the list. And um, from being to a 40%, I bumped it up to a 60%. We'll see how uh, this, this, uh, this move uh, progresses along the days. but. Seems like it's in, it's going well. Um, it's just Ibarguen's stalling just because of the wages for right now. So um, hopefully that gets resolved soon. And Ibarguen is shipped off, like I think majority of the America fan base would like. 
Yeah. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like uh, Minnesota United wants to get uh, that. Um, I was going to say that. It wants to get uh, Andres Ibarwin on TAM money. I don't think they want to make him a DP. I, I don't think so either. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I know. It, it's, it's, it's a little bit complicated. Which which rightfully so. He's he's not a DP worthy player. No, let's, no. Let's he, be honest. He's not a DP. No, he's not a DP worthy player. And I think Minnesota knows that. And that's why they're trying to, you know, give him something that, you know, is, is you know, it helps him, but also helps the club as well because you know they are looking to make other moves. Uh, I, I I've been told so you know, but things are going. They're they're advancing. It's not like they're they're, they're stalled or anything. They are moving along. It's just you know it's a little bit back and forth uh, between Ibargüen and the club. Um, America definitely agrees to the move. They they have no no problem with it. Um, United's offering you know uh, Minnesota United, not Manchester or any or any other United in the world. <laughs> Minnesota United, <laughs> Minnesota United is uh whatever they're offering. America seems seems to be content with it. Um, it's just now Ibarguen and the yes, uh, and the yes of the wages. So we'll see. Hopefully, we have more news in the coming days. Um, and like Ivan said, you know, we still have, you know, I think about a week and a half left of the window. Uh, so anything can happen. And um, hoping, hoping for another edition actually for America, and hopefully it does come true because we do know if Ibarguen does get sold. The first one to come in is Nico Castillo, and that's the and that's what they want to do. They want to register Nico Castillo, but they need to sell either or Ibargüen or Roger, and it seems like Ibargüen will be the one. Um, so hopefully, 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 hopefully. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but the 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 window to register a player is coming to a to a close really quickly, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, but there are a few loopholes that America can pull to get Castillo. It's just. They need to sell Ibargüen first to kind of do that. But I, I have full faith that they will um, register Nico Castillo for this season. Interesting. I know, AJ, you're against that, but look, fighter discussions already. I think at the end of the day, America's going to do what America wants to do. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, let's, let's, let's not, if the transfer window comes to an end and Ibargüen and or Roger are still here, don't... Uh, don't think it's the end of the world because I do think the MLS transfer window doesn't really technically close. Um, on January, on on the same time as January, correct? I think that it's extended, or at least that they have an, another window. I don't know. MLS is tricky. All I'm saying is that if they're still here and Minnesota United still want to get the deal done, there will be more time for them to get the deal done. Is what I'm saying. So, um, I, I I I'm with you there, Christian. I do think that he's leaving. I hope it is for uh, Minnesota United. Um, not because I'm a Minnesota United fan or anything, or I wish anything bad upon them. Because if you're getting a bad one, you should know what you're getting yourself into. Um, but he needs to be offloaded soon. The interesting thing is the Roger situation, if you ask me. I yeah. mean, not real much traction going there, you know? No, 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 no. Um, and obviously, Roger made it clear from the start. I stay in America or I go to Europe. That's kind of his thing. It's just that Racing just kind of just came out of nowhere and said, you know, we need a player of his of his caliber. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at him. It's just... Roger doesn't really see the the eyes going to Argentina right now. Um, also, our this I don't think there's any way they can match his their, their his wages. Their wages are way too high, uh, for 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 a club like that. So um, we'll see what happens though. Um, I'm not losing faith much. I guess I mean I'm giving it a ten percent. Um, I I don't really think it. I, I don't really think I don't really think it, it goes further than that. Um, but um, but yeah, we'll see what happens though. But he almost had the assist for the tying goal. He almost did, and we almost were about to build a statue of him because of that. But Yo, take, uh, him hey. over, take him over to Red Bulls, please. We're we're just offloading players for money at this point. Royer, please come to the Red Bulls. I would like that. Score some goals. You play a four because we have a forward problem. So 
He could play right there and score goals for us. Thank you. I, I think he, I think he'd love it in Jersey. I really do think he'd love it in Jersey. But hey, we can't speak for him. He's got to speak for himself at this point. Uh, one last bit of news I want to talk about in regards to uh, everything going on in and around Coapa right now before we jump on into the Juarez game um, is these COVID cases Ooh, that came yeah. out in uh, in Monterrey. So it turns out that uh, Funes Mori and I think another player, correct, from Monterrey tested positive and then like don't they have like 17 cases positive yeah they have already? 17 cases yeah. in total a couple from the youth players that played against america as well and then some of the staff it's just it's just a whole mess what is going on down in monterey but point is i think america might see a little bit uh of that uh go against them because uh tests tests have been made uh, results will be back most likely tomorrow, I would imagine. Okay, okay, okay. but and my thing is though, did Monterrey know that? I don't know. It, I, I think there should be an investigation going into this because if Monterrey knew ahead of this, um, I'm not just I'm not saying like give us the points or anything. I don't care about that. I'm saying do something, find them, like take points away from them. Like don't give them to us. Just take points. Do something. You know, you're risking lives. You're risking fair. Uh, right no, 100%, 100%. there, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah no, I, it's it. I mean, the league itself is risking all these players' lives by letting this play in the middle of a pandemic. But that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the fact that you know, if a club knew ahead, we're like, you know what? Well, we still got to go play a game. You know, let's go out there, boys, and we'll, let's teach these Aguilas a lesson. And if we lose, well, at least we gave them COVID. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help when I'm reading this article right now. He has players like Funes Mori, Avides Hurtado, Akeloba, Cesar Montes, and Maxi Mesa. They all present symptoms of COVID. I'm like, that's definitely not good to hear that. That's really bad. Like, how do you just let them do that? Like, that goes into the question. Did Rayados know? Yeah, they're showing symptoms of COVID. Forget it. We're just letting play. What's the worst that could possibly happen besides, like, an entire squad getting infected with COVID? No, that's Seriously. Weird. I think Chris Rivera saying, isn't the league in control of that though? Shouldn't America sue the league? I think the league is in charge on some certain. I, I don't think that I think that club has their own test that they have to do. And then I think the league demands some test as well. It's not like I think the clubs might test almost every other day. Cause I think I was uh uh um I was hearing one of the America Family players talk about in her YouTube video. That was kind of a more of a constant thing. Um, I don't know if the league is requiring them to do that so often, or they're just only requiring them to submit testing uh, on a certain day for a certain match. Which well, is an interesting thing that we should definitely look into. But I'm still, pretty I sure, think- I'm pretty sure they get tested. Well, if our game's on Saturday, they get tested on Friday, on Wednesday for Thursday. Yes, uh-huh. is that how it is, or Thursday for Friday? I think it would be Thursday for Friday because on Friday, that's usually when we have that magical tweet of "Hey." These tests were submitted. None of them came out positive. Right. Okay. Okay. So that means America will have two COVID tests administered this week. One for the Monterey situation. Then they'll have to do it again for for Juarez. So if they got tested today, which is a Tuesday, they get the results tomorrow. Then they will get tested again on Thursday. Yeah. All I'm saying is we might have half of the squad out and we can't even use the, the, uh, the Forces Basicas, because those guys are also out on COVID. So basically what I'm saying, boys, is get your get your cleats ready. We're suit up. It's about it's about our turn. It's about what? our turn to go what defend. If, what if we send the U the U the U17 out there? 
Yo, let's go. I, I think some of them got um, got some cases as well. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it ranged from all of the youth from the youth level all the way to the senior one. Oh wow. Okay, look at that. So that's what I'm saying. Suit up, boys. It's time. It, we knew the day was gonna come. Um, stretch those hammies. We should be ready to go. But all all jokes aside, though, I really hope this doesn't turn into something that uh, saw something big. And you know, if Monterey did know, I think that's very irresponsible of them, and they should receive a fine or or, or some sort of penalty because some that's punishment. Very, that's some trying to be on on you know unprofessional, and you know it should never occur. So hopefully for America, no one tested positive, and um, everyone will be available for Saturday. Hopefully, uh, we'll just you know we'll just have to wait, and we'll keep you guys definitely updated on our Twitter. Definitely. So make sure you guys go follow us at EY Podcast over there and we'll keep you guys up to date with everything. Not just the COVID situation, but everything in and around the world of Las Aguilas de la America. Okay. Let's wrap up the show and let's talk and let's preview the America versus FC Juarez match Saturday night at the Estadio Azteca, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 Central, 10 Eastern. Of course, you guys can catch that game live via Tudene or through our Twitter as we'll be live tweeting all that game. AJ is going to have you guys covered for that one. So it should be an interesting one. All right, gentlemen, we're coming into this one a little bit skeptical of not just what players we're going to have available, but what system are we going to go to? Are we going to fall back to that 4-3-3 because we're at home and because, again, no disrespect to FC Juarez, this is a much weaker opponent compared to Monterrey or are we still going to see maybe that inverted 4-4-2 situation? Christian, I'm curious to hear not only your thoughts in regards to the formation, but your starting 11 for this game. Yeah, so um, you know, I I think, I hope, I hope he goes with the 4-3-3. I, I, I think that we saw good things. I think both of you guys can agree with me that we saw really good things when America was playing in that 4-3 against Atletico San Luis. And like you said, I have no disrespect to FC Juarez, but I really think this is an easier game than what we played last Saturday. And it's just a game to kind of, you know, just test it again and and see see where we can improve on the formation. Um, you know, hoping that everyone will be there. Uh, you know, my predicted lineup would be Guillermo Choa, uh, Jorge Sanchez, Anuel Aguilera, Sebas Cáceres, Luis Fuentes, Santi Navela, Richard Sanchez, Gio Dos Santos, Leo Suarez, and uh, Lainez on the wings. And then Vinas should be our striker. So you, you're not putting Pedro uh, Aquino on this one? No, he won't be available for this game. Still? Yeah, still. Oh, that's right. He said he was going to be out for 15 days, right? Correct. Oh, man. It's already been five. So, yeah, definitely. Repeat that again, AJ. It's very much pain. Mm -hmm. But, uh, hey, there we go. Talking about those chances for uh, Naveda. Here they are. Um, I like it, though. The 4-3-3, it's an interesting one. AJ, I'm curious. What are are your thoughts on this? Um. I'm done with this. You know, we get to um, we get to see Emma back in the starting line. That's good. See if we can get a free kick. You know, scores a goal from free kick like usually does, or a penalty happens. Santi Nevada gets a start again. He gets essentially gets a second chance. Who knows? Next, you know, he becomes the next Enaro Gattuso on this team. So that'll be some good stuff to see. <laughs> AJ, I'm I'm just curious. Are you are you a huge AC Milan fan? <laughs> of course, that legendary squad they have back. Oh my goodness, they're one of the best in the world at that time. World football. No, no one can, no one can argue against that. Indeed, but um, yeah, no, and then just here in the four through three, it worked well against San Luis. Yes, we had a mistake that was only off of a set piece, but other than that, I'm down with this. And so I can get something with this, like did against San Luis. We expect the same result against um FC Juarez. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. I, 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 here's the things that I do like about this formation. 
it's not Aguilera because I, I would continuously like to see Fuentes and uh, Sebastian Casares. I think they can they can definitely take on a Juarez. I'm sure that they can they can do a job there. Um, I like the Gio. I like Gio back in this lineup. I like him in that camp position. Um, we we saw some really good things against Atletico San Luis from Gio, and I think that putting him in this situation again because again against Monterrey he came in, but it was on the wings, which I think was not a good idea for Gio at all. But having him here in this situation where you, you put him in the cam, he's going to be the creative player. He's going to be the one making those plays. He's going to feel more comfortable. I think it's going to look good. I think that might just pay even more dividends for a player like Vinas. We know that he's in a goal drought. He needs to back some goals. I would even go as far as to say is that if there is a penalty, I would give it to Vinas. So I think that this is this is looking promising. I like um, I like Linus. I like I like Juarez. Uh, excuse me. I don't like Juarez. I like Suarez. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think Leo has to step up big. He he was very much non-existent against Monterrey, but it's the same way that you said it, Christian. That he was very much pinched in the uh to to kind of be in more in the midfield, and he's more of a let me be literally by the touchline so I can start making my dribbles happen. So and he was doing that well against San Luis. He was very much well. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean. Hopefully, it goes back to that. Hopefully. But okay, let's go with the assumption that we go back to the 43, that we come out with this formation. What do you want to see America do? Right? What, what, from your guys' perspective, what, what does America have to do in order to kind of erase a little bit of what happened in Monterrey and again give us that glimmer of hope back again? No, definitely. I think they got they, they got to work the touch lines, and you know when when they do that, I want them to kind of you know open up space and try to get behind the line. And they they were, they were doing it pretty well on the side of Leo Suarez and Jorge Sanchez. And you know with Jorge Sanchez being back, you know he had a great game against Monterrey, so hopefully he can continue that form, and Suarez can go back to the position he was playing in the first game, and hopefully create some magic on that side. But that it can't just happen on one side because then that becomes too predictable after you know a few. A few, um, a few connect chances it has happened on both sides, and that's why I need Luis Fuentes to kind of step up on this offensive game and really, you know, start having an impact. Uh, Mauro Linus, I need to, I need, I need to see a little bit more from him. You know, um, you know, he while AJ thinks he did things well in the first game, um, you know, we we need to build on that and uh, gain more confidence. You know, and you know, just understand the idea a little bit better. Um, and Giovanni Dos Santos, I think when he came in against one today, he really didn't have that much of an impact. Um, hopefully he can turn it around and have a good game like he did in the first 45 against San Luis and, you know, look for him to kind of be the one to kind of pick up the passes because he almost had a pretty assist, um, in the first game to, to Mauro Linus. And it's just plays like that that can really, you know, make or break a game. Um, and when you have streaky players like, uh, like Linus and Suarez coming down the wings, you know, you never know what can happen with open space. So, uh, definitely work the open space. You know, passing needs to be precise and do it in the compact situation like you were doing. Yeah, um, stop being scared to make a pass. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, you get open up for one another. You know, you have, you know, four players in the in, in within 15 feet of each other. You know, you can make the pass, open up, uh, and and, and just work the space. And you know, I think that we can have a good game like that. I like it. AJ? Attack, 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 please. We cannot be scared just like we did against Monterrey because that was just completely dreadful and just boring football. If that's how we're going to play it throughout the rest of the season like that, there isn't going to be much hope really in games of the Liga. That is if we do make it, if we have it to play like that. But no, just show no fear. Look what they did against San Luis. That was an America side where people could say, wow, 
this is what the team can bring in this season and what we haven't seen in the past couple games, that's amazing. That's what we like to see. Go up front. Do not be scared. The wingers go up front. Don't think a second if you think you need to dribble in or cross. You can cross, cross. If you can cut in, cut in. Go for a shot, go for the shot. And by all means, help Binas out. He's going out right now and he's losing some kind of confidence at this point. If the wingers or midfielders can provide any kind of through ball or across the Binas, and Binas gets on that one-on-one, it's over for that goalkeeper. I'm pretty sure Binas can finish it. We need to get everyone in. They got to get their mojo back in and get themselves a good flow throughout the rest of this game. It was a tough game against Monterey. That's in the past now. How we move forward. Playing against FC Quest, this is a way to get, um, pick, up some co- pick up confidence and get a rhythm going and just for everyone to just be in sync and just um, get themselves some goals out there and get the three points they need. I, I'm I'm with you there, AJ. And I I want to say three things here. One, I want to I want to show this from Ivan. Uh, he's saying in regards to the way that America needs to play, control the tempo, play side to side, play quick, play like you mentioned, AJ, forward, go go on the attacking. I think that's very important. And yeah, um, here's a question: Do you think Roger will make a second straight appearance bearing positive COVID cases slash injuries from Jerry? Uh, Ramon Costa answers that for us. Says, I hope not, Jerry. And I think we're all with Ramon there. I hope not, Jerry. I really hope that uh, uh, oh. Roger doesn't have to make more second appearances here and there. But I think he will. Yeah, the most 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 likely answer is that he will most likely make an appearance. If, uh, I think that it's fair to say anything. that. It, yeah, no, I think it's fair to say Baron's going to be the one uh, heading to the tribuna for this one. But um, I don't know. It, it's going to be an interesting thing. And in regards to the way that America needs to go out yeah. there and play their game, I just I, I want to see a, I want to see an explosive America side. I know that Ivan said play side to side, but I, I want them to be um, not so much lateral, but a little bit more vertical in the sense of playing side to side. You know, um, there's just got to be some more uh, aggressiveness to this America side. And the most important thing, Christian, I think you mentioned it. We had a very good prom- we had a very good promising 45 minutes against San Luis. Let's try to stretch that and make it 60, 70 consistent minutes of really good football, right? I'm not saying give me a full 90 because we're not there yet. By any means, necessary three games into the season, new manager with a little bit of time we've had, asking for 90 minutes would be like, I don't know, asking for the queen to fly at that point. Like mm-hmm. you're just not gonna get it, right? So let's let's just be a little bit more tempered with the expectations. 60 to 70 minutes is exactly where we want to see America play. Um, and hopefully. Uh, the best player on the pitch is not going to have to be our goalkeeper for us to win this game. No, definitely. And while Salati said he had no problem with that, it's just we need to see improvement in the within the team that you know they're starting to grasp the idea. And while Ivan said, okay, not, maybe not for now, but you know, give me sixty minutes that you're just starting to grasp the idea and you're starting to understand what Salati wants to do. Just give me that at least, but also a W because I like to see W. Um, but definitely, yes. you know, an improvement in in the in the playing style because. Um, Salati said in the press conference that, you know, the players know that they didn't play well. The players know that, you know, they, they should be disappointed and they all were. So just more from the squad in, in, in terms of buying into the idea and just improving the play style. And then hopefully little by little um, we, we can do because we have a couple of nice games where we can, you know, really, really, really uh, help us, you know, improve our playing style. Definitely. Definitely. All righty then. Let's talk. Um, let's talk predictions, and then we'll talk a bit of uh, third kit jerseys as well because we didn't mention them, but for a reason. I'll tell you guys why in just a second. Okay, uh, prediction time. Here we go. AJ, what is your prediction? Three zero. 
All right. AJ going with a 3-0. Christian, what is your prediction? 2-0. 2-0. I'm going with a 3-1 victory for America. I know it breaks my heart to say that we're not going to get a clean sheet, but something about uh, Lescano, I just know that he's going to find a way to freaking bag a goal against us, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to break my heart because I really do want us to consistently keep getting clean sheets. But... It also warms my heart that for the first time, AJ and Christian have said we're going to get a clean sheet. So maybe, maybe there's still hope for me out there. Let us us know in the comment section, uh, what do you guys think the scoreline result is going to be? We'll talk and we'll share them in just a second. Gentlemen, I mentioned third kit, new launch just yesterday. Quick thoughts about it because I could not have, uh, I I, I just loved it. It It was awesome. No, I love it too. I think it's one of the better ones we've come out with in recent years. And it, it's going to, I hope we were on Saturday because I want, I want to see it in action. But definitely, definitely a beautiful kit. AJ. Um, really beautiful. I remember seeing Ochoa wearing that, or I see a bunch of my friends from La Monumenta in New York. They have those kind of jerseys. I'm like, that looks really cool. And that just gained the style for the first time. You know, I've got that jersey. It's pretty. Oh man, it it's it's a beauty. I, I had to get it right away. But here is my question. Obviously, Caballero Aguila first introduced back in 2008. It was actually a Ochoa design that he collaborated with Nike. And now it was brought back in a more kind of modernized version for 2021. Do you think the right thing to do would be for Ochoa to wear it first? On Saturday, and then we have another game where the whole team can wear it? Or do you think that the whole team's just going to wear it and Ochoa has to be the one player that does not wear it because, you know, it is his original creation? Man, I feel like Ochoa, I feel like Ochoa should be the one wearing the jersey because, I mean, for me, it'd be special because, you know, I finally see Ochoa first time. I never got to see all the things he did back then with this team and get to see him like in that jersey that was originally like designed essentially for him, the one he created, that'd be cool. I'd like to see Ochoa be given the honor to just wear that same jersey he wore in 08, I'm not mistaken, and just wear that again now. So I feel like Ochoa should definitely be wearing that jersey first. Christian, I don't know, man. I don't know. Your 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 obsession with Ochoa being the only one to wear this is a little is a little weird. <laughs> to come me. on, I make a pretty good <laughs> argument that that is literally his design, and it was brought back. Look, look, listen to this. 13 years later, he wears number 13. Like, all of it just coincides perfectly for him to be the one to wear this. I'm not saying none of the players can ever wear the jersey. Of course not. It's our third kid. Let them have a go at it. It's not the first time that you ever see a goalkeeper wearing a, a third alternative kid um, as their own. I think Ochoa's going to be the past. Did they make one for him? Like, or he's going to stick with the usual one that he has? I think he would. Yeah, he, he would. I don't know. Ah, uh, man. Point is, look, I'm saying um, that Ochoa should be the first one to wear it and then let the rest of the team go. I don't know. But uh, you're right, Christian. They should have made one specifically just for the goalkeeper because everyone's going to be out there wearing there. And this is going to be like Ochoa's going to be all sad because he's got to wear this regular freaking red one. It's just like, if they had man, a black one like this for him, that'd be dope too, you know? It would be. It would be. I just... Come on, Nike, give me something here. But all I'm saying is expect the third kit to be, uh, to be used um, on Saturday. Against Juarez. Yeah, it's, hopefully, the perfect, it's, it's the perfect rival because the color kit wouldn't clash. They could still wear their green one. And, you know, us wearing the white one, I don't think it would clash in any way. Um, again, though, fingers crossed that Ochoa gets to wear his. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's, let's read a couple of the results here from, from some of our listeners, and then we'll wrap it up. I've been going with a, with a 2-1 victory for Las Aguilas de la América. Jose Sepulveda going with a 2-0 victory. I like it. 
more clean sheets, the better. Uh, we're going with Chris going saying with a four three three, I say two to one. If not, I say one zero. Um okay. That pretty much as long as I see improving the playing style, I'll take a one zero. Yes. As long as we see something promising, you know? Definitely. I, I don't know. But point is that pretty much wraps it up for us. Gentlemen, anything else to add on? Um, just thank you everyone for coming out. Um, very active chat today. I, I, that's what me, me, the whole guys, uh, want want to see, and it just means a lot that you know we have people that you know come, you know, sit with us for an hour and talk about America. It's definitely favorite time of the week, and hopefully we get to keep doing this uh, for a very long time. So thank you guys. No, yeah, definitely. Really look forward to it. I was really excited about coming on today. I was really pumped. We got to talk a lot of America stuff. Got to talk a little bit of Lakers. That always warms my heart. And it, it makes me feel better about losing hundred dollars now. So. <laughs> very much so uh but okay that pretty much wraps it up aj any last words or we're good to go i'm good to go all right then well we'll be back on thursday to talk all things lady aguila and we'll talk about that a horrific win against fc juarez and uh aj will have more on that in regards to everything going on in and around the world of lady aguilas in Coapa. so make sure you guys come back on thursday we'd love to have you guys be here and we can talk just as much as we did on this chat. So again, thank you so much to everyone listening out there, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you may listen. Thank you again. And um, yeah, that's that does it for us. We'll be back, uh, like I mentioned, on Thursday for Ladies, back next week to talk all things FC Juarez uh, against America. And then we'll look forward into the next matchup and all the latest rumors and news regarding the team. All right, gentlemen, you guys have a wonderful night. Everyone out there, stay safe, please. Uh, we'll see you guys again. Um, all, all in all, really much. Thank you so much for the support. Again, to our sponsors, Foot Cult, and everyone, everyone out there. Hope you guys have a wonderful evening and a great, amazing weekend. All right. With that said, take care. Until next time, as always, Arriba la America. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.